Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. We are really getting into the groove, hopefully, on the Heart of Rural America podcast. And today's guest is a very exciting one. I just deeply humbled and honored. By now, you have heard the news that we have added new sponsors coming onto the show to support kind of the mission behind this podcast, which is to lift people up and encourage and, and highlight the stories of amazing men and women in, in production agriculture who are doing incredible things to become price makers instead of price takers, who are working in a system where the deck is often stacked against them and are finding success doing so. And I, I mean, that's the American dream. And so to, to have uh, Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meets by Lynn's come on as a supporter and sponsor of this podcast is, is just very humbling. And today I have Fred Linz on the call. Uh, so Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, be part of your podcast. Uh, been listening to your last couple episodes and thought you're doing a super job. Well, you work with our mutual friend, Chris Earl of CK6 Consulting, another sponsor of this show. And he has always spoke very highly of you. And, and when I told him that I was coming out with this podcast and I was making my wish list of guests that I wanted to come on the show. I said, I got to meet this Fred guy because he's doing some stuff that's pretty cool. Chris agrees. You know, he, and I'll let you tell you a little bit about yourself, but he described you as, as kind of working backwards from, from the plate to the pasture. You know, so often we hear of the pasture to plate story, but you started with the plate. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do and, and sure. your you business? Know, so, yeah, I met Chris Oh, geez, probably back in 2012 or so. And uh, he's pretty much the reason why I got into the registered side of, of the business. You know, when I met him, you know, we've always been in the meat business, right? So my grandfather started back in 1963 with a little butcher shop. We've progressed from retail into wholesale, currently servicing throughout the United States, Mexico, throughout the Caribbean and Asia as well, uh, focusing on white tablecloth restaurants. So... You know, when I met Chris, I was looking for a locally raised Black Angus program because local was like the big buzz. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris took me around, introduced me to a few farms in kind of like southwest Wisconsin, northeast Illinois. So we had an opportunity to visit the Riley Brothers. It was our last stop of the day after visiting maybe four or five different farms. And, you know, what they had going on there was, I thought, was superb. You know, Glenn Davis was running their registered herd at the time. Uh, the gentleman's got nothing but great knowledge on cattle, the type of quality of cattle that they had there really impressed me. So we, we got our start there, bought 10 first calf heifers from the Riley brothers. Currently we're sitting at just under 1500 
total cattle on our Oklahoma ranch. But again, Chris is the one that introduced me to everyone, got me started in the business. Some days I love him for it. Some days I hate him for it. You know, so <laughs> I, uh, uh, I can relate to that. He uh, he sure has me pretty enthusiastic about the Angus breed at the moment too. And I find myself buying cows all the time now. That I'm like, yeah. what is? But uh, it it is that passion and that drive. I've, I've noticed he really brings good people together. And when good people come together, you know, the cattle, the product, it all kind of follows suit. I think. Yeah. So, you know, from, from the beginning of meeting him and now we, you know, things have evolved and changed over the course of time. And now we've got the opportunity to work together again, you know, try to take this thing to the next level. So yeah, we've been in the food service side of it since 1963, probably mid eighties is when we focused out of the retail into full food service only. So we had the customer base, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the customer base. I didn't have complete control of my raw material. And as things progress and working with the major packers, they do a phenomenal job. Don't get me wrong. We still buy product from them, but I needed to have more control. I needed to have a story to separate myself from the norm. Mm -hmm. And that's where we had the idea of getting into the, you know, to registered side. Now we deal with a, uh, my partner, Anthony Randall bought a feedlot about 10 months ago in Tempest, Tempest feedlot in Rocky Ford, Colorado. So we have an opportunity to feed 10,000 head at that feedlot. So, you know, between the Oklahoma ranch with the seed stock, the feedlot, we've got a partnered uh, harvesting facility in Hastings, Nebraska. We've been able to tie everything together and have complete control from the beginning all the way to the end. And, you know, the customers love it. You know, they love to visit not only the processing facility here in Chicago, but they love coming out to the, to the ranch and they love to touch it, smell it, step in it, you know, see what real life ranching is all about. Once they have that opportunity, they, they understand that there's so many moving parts to this, this ordeal, right? I mean, there's yeah. so much room for air and the time it takes to get a calf to, to the plate. It's not that easy. Right? <laughs> uh, Chris Earl often reminds me patience is the biggest part of being in the cattle business of which I have very little. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but when you finally get that steak to the plate, it's and it comes full circle and you can be a part of every aspect of it. That's going to be pretty rewarding for you. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it really is. You know, and and with us, you know, having a feedlot, you know, we're collecting all that carcass data back on those animals. So mm -hmm. we're able to take that carcass data and we feed it back to the cow, you know, to the cow producer. So anyone that we bought those calves from, they get all that information back and they understand exactly how well or how bad they did. And we continue to try to perfect it, right? And mm -hmm. it's just a great working relationship. You know, we try to get the premiums that we can for them. Uh, we get the carcass data back to them and it's, it's a full-fledged partnership. And so that definitely adds some value to your customers being able to have that data. But I would imagine for you making breeding decisions in the seed stock business, that selection pressure, when you can see the end product and you can hear from the customers and they, they're giving you feedback, good, bad, or whatever, uh, how has that shaped kind of how you've developed your seed stock operation? I've got a young gentleman by the name of Ben Weiss that manages the ranch and, you know, Ben and I talk quite often, you know, at least a few times a week when I'm not able to be up there. And, you know, he does the majority of the selection process on what sires we're going to use. Himself and Anthony talk probably every other day. So, you know, they're relaying back and forth, you know, the carcass data and how things performed. And between the two of them, they, they make selections on what sires we're going to use. 
Ben will check with me, make sure I'm good with it. And nine times out of 10, the kid's on target. You know, he's been doing a great job. I don't question him. I allow him to run the operation, right? And mm -hmm. mistakes happen from time to time, but you got to learn from those mistakes. So, yeah. you know, with everything I've got going on, it's pretty hard to manage everything. You got to have pe good people in good places. Let them run with it. Mistakes happen. We'll deal with them at the time. And uh, usually it's a matter of cost of money, right? And <laughs> yeah, right. Starting over a little bit. You know, with the cattle side, though, your mistakes cost you a lot of time. So, yep. so far, things have been going really smooth. We're happy with everything. I talk to producers all across the country in my speeches, and and I, I say to them, you know, if you're not liking the price that the packer is giving you or you don't feel like you're getting a fair shake for the work you're doing, we do need to maintain control of that ownership of, of that animal closer to that consumer retail dollar. And the biggest thing I get from people is just that learning curve is so hard. If you were a cowboy that you love the cattle and the land, it is very hard to kind of transition into that retail side and working with consumers. So I guess my question to you was how, how steep was the learning curve coming from the retail side and working your way backwards? It, it was a learning curve, you know, but we had some good people in place, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we started our, our register herd, Glenn Davis ended up leaving Riley's. He was looking to do something different. He asked me to, to fill out a uh, uh, write up a, a referral because he was thinking about going to work in another operation. So I typed up a referral, sent it to him. And then about a half hour later, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> you're looking for something somewhere else. Maybe you should look over here. You know, yeah. we're, we're trying to get things started. So Glenn came and worked for us, did a phenomenal job for the last seven, eight years. He's now a consultant. So the learning curve was, it, it wasn't the easiest, right? And we had to learn as I go. I learned so much over the last eight years. Yeah. And I've got so much more to learn. It never ends, right? We're learning every day. And even in the meat business, I'm learning every day. You make mistakes. You try not to make the same mistake twice. Yeah. Know? And you, you continue to progress. You keep pushing forward hoping for the best. And, you know, it's, it's hard to find everything's hitting on all cylinders, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, food service has been phenomenal for us once COVID got through that. Right. And we've grown over 60% over the last two years from pre COVID. So wow. the growth has been tremendous and the meat business has been phenomenal. Uh, building a new facility. We'll be moving in in April, just across the state line in Indiana. It's going to triple our capacity. Uh, things be running so much more efficient for us. So in saying that, you know, there's always learning curves. You got to work through them. And it seems like every time you got, you got the answer, it seems like somebody's always changing the question, especially in their ag business. <laughs> That's accurate. But I, I always say if it was easy, everybody would do it. And it's, it's, it's a challenge. And if you, if you love a good challenge, the cattle business all the way to the meat business, like you've, you've captured a, a challenging enterprise to be a part of, no question. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew, and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com 
an online stud service that features some of our clients' top performing bulls. Give Chris Earle, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. Now let's get back to the show. You mentioned COVID, and I just want to touch on that briefly. You know, we've had a steakhouse close in my hometown of Mitchell. Another one's barely hanging on. You know, I, th- I think COVID really decimated a lot of restaurants. But you're, you're kind of seeing the opposite. We're, we're rolling in a positive direction, you think? Without a doubt. At least, you know, in our sector, right? We deal with white tablecloth. 98% are all upper end restaurants, right? I see the high end has been... It's just been tremendous. People are out there spending money. Those that have the money, they're tired of sitting at home and being told they can't do something, right? So they're out. They're enjoying their wine. They're enjoying their fine fine dining experiences that's countrywide, worldwide. I mean, it's even our export businesses up. Mexico, big, big business for us. And they're doing tremendous business. The Caribbean's all coming back. The cruise wow. lines are crushing it. Our cruise line business is probably up tenfold. I mean, they are jammed. So... Things are coming back. People are spending money. They're traveling. Incredible. You know, I think I've seen the retail seems to soften up a little bit, but boy, the fine dining is just, it's on fire. That's, you know, there was an article that came out during the pandemic that said, you know, will beef one day be only for the affluent? And that kind of does keep me up at night because I know it's hard to price out steak in the grocery store compared to a bag of frozen chicken breasts. And and I want everybody to have access uh, to beef. However, I would say, you know, there is some real serious money to be made if you're producing a high-end prime Angus beef product that is the envy of the world and people will pay money for that that product. And I guess my question is, are you seeing that kind of enthusiasm for what you're producing? You know, I, I look at your website and I see the tomahawk steaks and this really great presented steaks. What's kind of been the response to the product you're putting out? Well, people love it. You know, they love the story. They love the end quality. It's all about putting out the top-notch product, right? So you got to start with good cattle. Mm-hmm. It's got to grade out. But to get it to grade out, a lot of things have to go right, right? You got to have the right weather. You got to have the right feed. You got to make sure that you're taking them to harvest at the right time. And then getting the raw material, that's the biggest thing. Making mm-hmm. sure you put the proper age on this product. Yeah. So and It's a lot of money to sit on this product for 45 days up to 70 days before you put a knife to it. And so I was looking at your social media presence, which is incredible. I mean, I'm, I just get hungry every time I go look at your Facebook page, but you have a couple of different processes you do, right? You have the the dry and the wet. So we do, yeah, we do wet age, which is done in the vacuum sealed package. And that product will sit up from anywhere from 35 to 45 days before we put a knife to it. And then we do our dry age process. You know, we've got on average about 11,000 subprimals in our dry age room at any given day. Okay. Um, and that product is dry aged anywhere from 21 days all the way up to 85 days. It all depends on the customer's flavor profile, what they're looking for. Awesome. So when did you, did you learn the meat side of the business? Was it growing up as a kid? Yeah, I started working for my dad when I was 12. She's 12 years old, right out of eighth grade and uh, took an early retirement out of high school after my junior year, went to work full time. We had five employees at that time. It was a struggle for probably 20, 25 years. It was a battle. Currently, we're probably about 450 employees and selling meat around the world, you know, so a little local butcher shop my grandfather started 
Uh, he won the numbers between 60 and 80,000 back in 1959 playing a Greek dice game called Barbooth. So <laughs> he took that money and that's what he started the, the little butcher shop with. Wow. My life kind of changed in a butcher shop. I, my husband, Tyler, I got to get you connected with him. I think you'd really like him, but his family grew up running a, a butcher shop. So he learned at a young age to, to harvest beef animals, but we both took jobs at South Dakota State University working in the meat lab and we joined the meat judging team together. And so that's, that's how I met my husband. I always joke, I, I fell in love in a packing plant evaluating carcasses. And so I don't think they're going to make a Hallmark movie out of it, but it was humbling to go from growing up as a cow calf gal uh, in the seed stock business to seeing that, that other end of it and realizing how much I didn't know and how much it, you just got to get in there to be able to learn right. what you really do. And it, it changes how you look at that steak at the end of the day. Well, and that's what I'm finding, right? I mean, I've been in the meat side of it all my life. I mean, I've never really had another job other than a pet store for about four weeks until my dad found out I was working at a pet store. He said, <laughs> what are you working for somebody else? You should be working for me. I said, okay, he never asked. <laughs> Here I am, you know. 40 years later, I'm still here, right? (laughs) Oh, that's great. Having the opportunity to get into the live side, you know, I've met so many really good people. I mean, it's it's amazing how many smart, intelligent, hardworking people are in the ag business. It's it's mind-blowing. You just don't find that in in all sectors of business world, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's its own different animal. I really enjoy just even going to the sales, right? You know, I'll be going to the Desto Pine sale this weekend. We've got Spruce Mountain coming up. we got Express coming up. we got our own. I mean, it's we're getting to that sale time, right? So after seeing customers all week, boom, I go see the sales on the weekends, you know? Yeah. It's a busy time, but I just, I love it. You know, it's, it's just become second nature anymore. Oh, well, I got to meet Anthony at Vogler's sale here this summer. And, and you're right. It's going to those sales and having that camaraderie. This is a competitive industry, no doubt. But there's also just that camaraderie, that the friendship amongst peers, people who understand the sacrifice that this life takes and have a passion for good cattle. It's it's inspiring to be around it. To me, it really fills my cup. I, I learn so much from different breeders and how they see cattle or how they see their operations. And it's like, you know, you pick up a little bit here and there and, and only sharpens your skills even more. And, you know, it's a it's a big week for you. It's August 16th as this is airing. Uh, what's going on this weekend in Oklahoma? Well, Oklahoma, we got coming up as our seventh female sale. It's going to be on Sunday, August 20th. We're going to have a nice dinner on uh, Saturday evening at six o'clock. We'll be serving our LHA Spinalis, which is the outer cap of the ribeye. Awesome. Uh, you don't get an opportunity to try that too often. So, yeah, so our seventh female sale, it's our first female sale at the Oklahoma Ranch, the Blue Branch Ranch. We're really excited about it. We've done a lot to that ranch, just improvements from pens to barns to fencing and put in a beautiful development area for our heifers and our bulls. Currently, we're trying to put the finishing touches on our auction barn that we decided to remodel last (laughs) minute. So it probably will be slightly under construction still, but it'll be completely complete by the bull sale. We promise that. No, we're excited. You know, being in Oklahoma, I love it. It's just takes you to the next level, right? You you get into cattle country and, you know, before we were in Crown Point, Indiana, and we've got more homes than we do cattle anymore. And 
you know, it was time for us to, you know, to advance and to mm-hmm. you know, continue to grow our, our operation. And it just, we happen to hang our hat in Oklahoma. That's, that's incredible. Uh, tell me a little bit about the sale highlights. What's, what's for sale? What's the offering? What lots are you excited about? Well, geez, a lot one's amazing. You know, we've got a lot of 453 daughters that are going to be in this sale with uh, bread to multiple sires. So, I mean, we've got some really, really neat stuff. Um, we've diversified our female side with our donors. Uh, we've got a variety of cow families, yet they have the phenotype that we're looking for. We like them big and bulky and strong, right? We like a lot of body, a lot of a lot of rump and big belly, great footed. And, you know, being out in Oklahoma, boy, what a difference it makes on their feet. You know, when they're able to travel and be be cattle, it's it's just amazing and what a difference it makes. But, yeah, our 453 daughters always seem to be the top. It's going to be a really nice offering. So when folks come down to visit, uh, are there going to be cattle on display they'll be able to look at, kind of check out the offering? Oh, yeah. So we've got cattle on display. We've got beautiful pens all around the sale barn. So once you park your car, you don't have to walk but 20 yards and everything will be right there centrally located. And geez, anyone's welcome to come at any time. Uh, We'll have the cattle penned up on Friday, Saturday and Sunday morning. You know, sale starts at noon. So that way it gives everybody an opportunity to get out, catch some flights home if they need to. But we just figured having it earlier in the day on Sunday made it most efficient and convenient for everyone. That's great. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radkeyland and Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. What have been some of your favorite memories, I guess, entering into this this cowboy world? What's What's been most enjoyable for you? I think meeting people, meeting people in this business, you know, and uh, finding out, you know, what type of life it really is, you know, and it's, it's 24-7, you know, it never stops. Those right. cattle don't take a day off, right? I mean, it's 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 just nonstop, and uh, you know, finding out how hardworking everyone is in this in this ag business, whether it's raising cattle or cropping, you know, it's 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 hard work. You know, not everybody wants to do it, and unfortunately, I think we're starting to see that, right? With the with the average age of of these farmers and ranchers, I mean, it's we need the younger generation to to carry on. Hopefully, we don't have too big of a gap. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we, we are seeing that trend. The average age of the rancher keeps going up. The young people have been sold the bill of goods that there's better opportunities, you know, in the big cities, which may be true in a lot of cases. But, 
you know, I, I worry about the commercial cattlemen being able to make money and the young families being able to raise their, their families on the land and support their, their way of life through cattle. What advice would you give to a young person looking at this cattle business and trying to pencil it out and, and make it work? You got to have the mindset that you want to succeed, right? And you, you want to do well and you got to get out there and network. You got to find your special niche in this business that you feel comfortable with and you got to run with it. You got to just stay on it and bust your ass every day. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's not easy. Sometimes it takes some time and you just got to be diligent. You got to stick with it. There's a lot of good days. There's going to be bad days. You just hope you got more good than you do bad. Right. <laughs> That's right. But I think it's more of a love and a passion. If you don't have the passion, there's no sense in getting involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you really do have to love this life. That's for certain. My kids have asked me on, on our bad days, Mom, do you even like these cows? And I was like, that's like an hour by hour <laughs> choice. But, you know, I, I love cattle. And like you said, I love the people in the cattle business. It's still mm-hmm. it's still an industry where a handshake and your word means is a that's bond. Right. And it, it's it's something I value immensely. But that, that challenge of kind of matching your cattle to the environment and trying to raise a product that is marketable, that the consumer wants or the, the the customer wants. It's just a fun challenge that there's no one cookie cutter way to do it, which is a great part of it. And, you know, you say in, in, on your branding and your on your website that you don't want to be the biggest, but you want to be the best. What does the best well, mean to you? You know, I take a lot of pride in what we do. I want my my customers to be happy with everything that we do, right? We want them to be super ecstatic with the with the end result of every steak that's being served at the restaurants and and that's what i mean by being the best you know we want to put our best foot forward we want to continue to progress and and learn and perfect you know i always say that probably one of my favorite all-time sports people would be michael jordan we want our angus cattle to be the michael jordan of the angus breed you know we I want to slam dunk from the free throw line every time and <laughs> in the genetic selection, right? You, you want to get that carcass, yet you want to have that phenotype that you could retain your heifers, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose that. So, you know, there's a fine line and, and we try to find that and we've been working it and we believe we have it. And once you work those kinks out and you get through some of that, it becomes fun. Yeah. You, know, you end up having a good time and it makes you really feel good when you get the phone calls and you get people telling you, boy, I had a steak or to take a picture you're at a restaurant and you got the LHA logo and they're sending me pictures. Hey, I'm having one of your steaks tonight. It's a good feeling. Well, and you do sell steaks to Michael Jordan's restaurant, correct? Yes, you do. Okay. Yes. So what, what is that in Chicago or where? It's in Chicago. He's got one in downtown Chicago in the Intercontinental Hotel. And then he's got another restaurant uh, in Oak Brook. And then he's also got a restaurant in Connecticut at one of the casinos. So how did you make that connection? Is there a story there? You know, it was... He has a, a management group that opened up the restaurant, the steakhouse for him, and they're still with him and they do a phenomenal job. And they happened to contact us when they were getting ready to open up Chicago and went down and met with them and brought them down to the plant and showed them all around. And they loved what we were doing. And geez, we've been there since day one. You know, it's been a great working relationship. That's that's incredible. So is the feel, I mean, is it Mike, Michael Jordan? stuff everywhere in the restaurant or what's the restaurant like you know it's you'd be surprised okay it's it's not michael jordan everywhere it's a nice very well done restaurant okay food is phenomenal i mean it's it's second to none they do a phenomenal job it's not just some sports bar or sports steakhouse it is fine dining at its finest 
That's great. Uh, any other restaurants to note as people are traveling the country? Where they can where can they get one of your steaks? Oh, geez. So we do all the steak cutting for all the cheesecake factories throughout the country. Cool. Some other fine dining would be St. Elmo's in Indianapolis, uh, Manny Steakhouse in Minneapolis. Uh, the Dicka restaurants in Chicago. Coach Dicka has been with me since day one. He's, he's got to be going on almost 28 years. The STKs around the world, they're they're all over the place. Little Alley in uh, Buckhead and Roswell, Georgia. Uh, Rick Irwin's throughout the Carolinas. Geez, there's so many more. And I'm probably going to get some people to give me of it. <laughs> I was going to say, I was setting you up there for failure if you didn't mention every restaurant that you carry. Well, uh, that kind of brings me to another question. There are There is a growing trend of producers wanting to go direct to consumer and, and make these relationships and get a premium for the products they're raising. What advice would you have to those guys that are trying to enter into this space that it's it's tough slinging steaks it's, one at a time? Yeah, so you got to move a lot of ground beef, right? To get yeah. those two tenders or those two ribs or those yeah. two strips. So, you know, trying to utilize and making sure that you can market the entire animal with the biggest key, right? You don't want to fill your freezer up with a bunch of meat. Um, every time you go to the freezer, the value happens to dip, right? So, you know, it's making sure you got a, you got a customer base before you start killing those animals. You know, you don't want to just go to harvest and then say, hey, where am I going to go with this product? You better have it sold before you, before you harvest them. Would you say being able to tell the story of the beef is pretty important? I mean, it's, it's so a constant important. presence you have on social media. Everyone How wants to know. Yeah, everyone wants to know where the product comes from, right? Mm -hmm. We do the best we can with educating our customers. You know, we invite them down to the plant, whether it be front of the house, back of the house. Uh, we invite them out to the ranch. You know, we educate them on what we've got going on. We also go to the restaurants and we do wait staff training. So we educate them on the program. Meets by Lynn's, Lynn's Heritage Amius, all the processes that we go through. Um, so it's an educational thing. So when a customer sits down to have a steak and they ask that waits that waiter, hey, you know, where do you get your product from? They they'll be like excited, like I can tell you exactly. I was there. I seen it. You know, these guys are the ones that do it. You know, Lynn's does a great job. I've been to their facility, been out to their ranch. You know, it, it gives them some excitement. That's awesome. So how about online? Where can people support you? Where where can they try your steaks, burgers, seasonings? Yeah, so they can find us at lensshop.com, lensheritageangus.com. It all links into our website and we're able to ship all over the world. Folks can use code AMANDA20 to save 20% off their purchase so, as well. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to be stocking up on, I have like a very skewed wish list as we're going through the website. I want to try the tomahawk steaks. My kids really want the hot dogs. So we're getting like a wide range of products. <laughs> so we're shopping. We'll be happy with both. <laughs> yeah. Our hot dogs are pretty good. They're, <laughs> we, we took some time and a good chef friend of mine, Scott Wagner, helped me with the with the recipe and it took us about a year to get it perfected, but yeah, we're happy with it. The real test will be if the the nine, seven, six, and five year olds approve. So we'll we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> They're quite the connoisseurs of the hot dogs. So uh with that I know we're kind of wrapping up that 30 minute time slot. Is there any parting words you'd like to share with us today? No, I just I appreciate you, you know, having me on the show. Um I think you're doing a phenomenal job and you know, I'm here to support the industry, right? And uh, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be in it for the rest of our lives. My son, Zach, he's running the day-to-day -day operations at the plant. So it gives me the freedom to get out and see people and, and you know, visit. And, and that's what I love most, you know, is getting out and seeing what everybody's got going on and 
spreading the word and trying to help everybody make money and perfect their operations, right? So we're always trying to progress and, and help all those that we can. It's just that passion and drive that you have that I think is really inspirational. And I thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, folks, make sure to make plans to be in Byers, Oklahoma, Sunday, August 20th for the seventh annual female sale at Lynn's Heritage Angus. It's going to be a great day. Kick off with some good cattle, good steaks, and good people. So we, we appreciate to... it. We look forward to seeing everyone. Yes, wonderful. Well, I'm Amanda Radke. Thanks for tuning in. This is the heart of rural America. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high-quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Lynn's is a four-generation family-owned business. The Lynn's Heritage Angus program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle, allows Fred Lins and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at linsheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplins.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is the Heart of Rural America.